Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Doesn't Garrett do such a great job of introducing himself and welcoming everybody? We're so glad. I appreciate Garrett and all that he does. I don't know if you checked out his new swag that he's got on this morning, this, these new sweatshirts. I just want you to know if you're interested in purchasing a sweatshirt or T-shirt, uh, we're going to be selling those at the end of service next week, so be sure to check all that information out, uh, and you can uh, also order those things online. So uh, Easter season, is we are just around the corner, three weeks from Easter Sunday. Yeah, I'm excited about that, and we have a lot of events coming up, but I want you to know, statistics tell us that people are more open to a, an invitation to attend church around Christmas and Easter. So here you are. You have three weeks out. You have this opportunity for that person that you've been praying for to say, hey, would you welcome us? Would you love to come to Easter service with us? And I assure you, we're going to have plenty of seating. So make sure that you start praying and start inviting people to attend church uh, on, on Easter Sunday. And, uh, and God's going to show up in awesome ways. I just have a, a young man who is with us this morning, young man by the name of Seth Posey. And uh, he has been, uh, he's been in our ministry for, for several years before he attended Thrive Church. And, uh, and Seth is just, he's just home from the military, serving in the Air Force. Can we just give him a round of applause? Dude, it is so great to see you. Well, I want to get right into the message this morning, and I want to encourage you to follow along in the sermon notes. You get so much more out of the message uh, when you follow in the sermon notes. And I, I want to welcome all of those people. If you don't know me, I'm uh, Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this fine church. I want to welcome all those people who are checking us out online into 715. I uh, encourage you to follow along in this message. We want you to know that we are a growth-minded church. That's one of our core values. I say this every Sunday. I give a core value, and then I give our mission statement. But we are growth-minded so we put ourselves in a position so that we can grow our minds, but so that we can grow our lives in Jesus. Because we're, we're created to grow, but more importantly, we're created to thrive. So that we can lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. We have any life-giving followers of Jesus in the house? Let's give a shout out this morning. Yes, we are a clappy bunch. Clappy bunch. We're on a sermon series called Influence. We have any influencers out there this morning? We are influencers for Jesus. The word influence is this. It is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. You see, we're, we're called to influence the world around us in a positive way. And all of us, and I want you to know this, all of us, every single person, you are being influenced. I don't know if you know that, but in ways that you, you are being influenced each and every day, but I also know that you are, you, are, you are also influencing others. You are influencing others. The question is, are you influencing people up? Are you influencing people down? Jesus talks about this power of influence, and he talks to his Christ followers when he tells us this in Matthew 5, 14. He says, you, you're created to be influencers. You you're like a light. You're like a light in darkness. We know that light affects the darkness. Light works best in the darkness. It has its most effect when it's in darkness. When light is in light, 
You don't even notice. It's just part of the atmosphere. But when light is in darkness, it changes the world. You're like a, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. That would be foolish. Nobody hides this light. No, uh, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. We put that light high up in the air and let it shine. We are called to shine Jesus. Don't shine you, shine Jesus. Now listen to this, verse 16. This is where we're gonna get into today's message. In the same way, let your good deeds... What are, what, are, what are your good deeds? Those are your actions, your attitudes that you give off to people. Let them shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So in other words, you do these good deeds. You bless the world around you. You bless the people in your world. Not that they look at you, but when they look at you, they look at him. You are called to shine Jesus. We are called to bless the world around us. So I, I want you to know today, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, get, I'm gonna give it up. Today's message was inspired by a book that I read called Bless, Bless, by a pastor named Dave Ferguson from Community Christian Church in Chicago, Illinois. And, and so I, I want you to know, I got, the, I got a lot of my sermon notes from Dave Ferguson because it so inspired me of the inspiration of being a, a blesser in my world. So I want you to just imagine with me, as we look at this message today, I want you to just imagine. Anybody have a new neighbor who's ever moved in next door before? And you went over to them because you want to be a blessing and you helped them unpack the U-Haul that they're doing. We, we just had neighbors move in uh, just last summer. We got to know them. But I just want you to imagine those new neighbors as we think about this message today. And the Bible tells us what we're supposed to do with our neighbors. What are we supposed to do with our neighbors? We are to love our neighbors in the same way that we want to be loved. In fact, the Bible calls, this is called the royal law. This, this statement right there, love your neighbor as you love yourself, is, is expressed eight times in the Bible. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, the question is, how do I love my neighbor? How do I show God's love to my neighbor. And here's, here's what happens. If we are not careful, we can become obnoxious with sharing God's love with people. You know what I mean by that? You ever meet, met somebody who is just obnoxious? In other words, they come up to you and like, hi, my name is so-and-so. If you were to die today, if you, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, if you don't accept Jesus in your heart, you're gonna go to hell. You're gonna burn. You're gonna pit, burn in a pit of fire. You ever met somebody like that? And you're like, uh, uh, I didn't even give you a chance to tell you my name and you, you don't even know me. And, and what happens with people like that and their enthusiasm, what happens is that neighbor who you just introduced yourself to in that way, all of a sudden they see you coming out their door, what are they doing? They are running to their car or they're getting in, back in their house. They're gonna run from you. And so we can be, if we're not careful in our enthusiasm, we can become obnoxious. We can be a deterrent. Did you know that? You can be a deterrent from people coming to Christ. Well, then the other approach is somebody who might say, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show kindness. I'm just gonna be a good Christian and they'll just, they'll just know 
Yeah, but then, then you don't ever really get a chance to express God's love to them through your words. So there has to be a better way. Getting into this book, this book really brought out an interesting passage. This is not in your notes, but if you want to write down Genesis 12, 2 and 3, it says this. It talks about God's blessing strategy. God's blessing strategy for reaching the world. It says this, I will make you, he's talking about you, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. I'm gonna bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. You are, and I know it's kind of could be one of those taglines, but I, I really believe it. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed. God has blessed. If, if you have been blessed by God, would you just raise your hand right now, just in testimony. Just look around the room. There's a lot of people who are living the blessed life here this morning. Do you know one of the biggest reasons God has given you blessings is so that you can bless people in your world. Did you know that? And that's what this passage is talking about here, that we can be a blessing to the people in our world. Uh, In this book, he talks about a doctoral study that he researched, very interesting study. What they were studying is they were trying to find, they were studying missionary strategy throughout the world. And so they did a two-year study, and they had two groups of people. They had one group of people, and they called them the blessers. And then they they also had another group, and they were called the converters, the converters. And here's what they did. Two years, they went in, and they studied the effect of their strategy. The one strategy, the blessers, the converters were this. The converters, they are simply going to convert people, just like I just kind of explained to you. Somebody walks by them, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, Hi, so-and-so, my name is this. Hey, I just want to ask you a question. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, in the country of Thailand. Then they had the group of the blessers. The blessers. And the blessers, their strategy, their missional strategy was to go into their community, which they're called to, and they would look for opportunities to bless people in their community. So people will walk by, how can we bless them? How can we bless them? Just pray, God, give me an idea to bless them. And they would go out and they'd begin to do it. And after two years, after studying these two groups of people, here were the results. The results, they found that the blessers, their presence created a tremendous amount of what they call social capital. In other words, the people in their community recognize it. I don't know quite who these people are. They call themselves Christians. I don't, I'm not sure what Christianity is, but I'm interested. Whatever they have, I want. By the way that they have blessed, they have made a difference. They've added value to our community. Well, the converters... After this two-year study, they, did, they had little to no difference in their community. When they looked at how many people were converted, the blessers had 50 times more conversion than the converters. 50 times. And after a two-year period in a country of Thailand, I had the opportunity to visit Thailand years ago, 
It is hard to share God's faith because there's so much religious confusion there. But after two years, the blessers were able to lead 100 people to Jesus. In two years' time, the converters were only able to lead two people to Jesus through their strategy. So from the results of this report, they concluded the best way, the best way that this mission organization and moving forward where it's gonna share God's love on the mission field is they just determined we are gonna be blessers. That's gonna be our missional strategy. I'm gonna be a blesser. Why? Because we have been blessed to be a blessing. Thrive Church, I, I just wanna say this this morning. We, we declared a few weeks ago that this is our vision for, for, our, for, our, for the 715, that we are going to lead people, lead the next generation in the 715 to become life-giving followers of Jesus. We're going to focus. We are going to bless our community. This is going to be our missional methodology, if you will. That, we're not going to change the message. The message does not change. Don't get me confused here. The message does not change our method. This is the way we're gonna lead people to Jesus is we are gonna bless them. In a study in, uh, by Barna Research who studies church world and such things, in February 2019, they asked what kind of, they asked people who are not Christ followers, what kind of person are your neighbors looking for in order to have a spiritual conversation? I could be talking about your neighbor. If you were to have a spiritual conversation with somebody, a Christ follower, what type of person would you look for them to be? What, what person would you be more open to talk to? Their number one response was someone who would listen to me without judgment. I just want you to catch that first. Someone who will listen to me and not judge me. No matter how I look, no matter how I act, no matter what gender I declare that I am, they will not judge me. Someone who will allow me to draw my own conclusions. In other words, we're not, we're not there to tell people, you're wrong, I'm right, you're wrong, and you need to change your ways. No, we're just going to let people draw their own conclusions. Because what, what can happen if we're not careful? We can turn people into projects and forget that they are people. We're gonna trust that God is working, that God put me in their life, in their spiritual journey, that God's gonna use me to bless them, to lead them to Jesus. Number three, someone who has the confidence to share their own perspective in a respectful way. So in other words, after you have listened to them, you have blessed them, you have earned a right to speak. And when you share your faith, you share it in a respectful, life-giving way. Where do we get this idea? Where, 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 where do you get this idea? When you read through the Gospels, you'll see this man by the name of Jesus who had a very similar missional methodology. Number one, he would ask questions. Check out, when you read through the Gospels, look at how many times he would ask people questions and then allow them to come up with their own conclusions. We remember the rich young ruler 
who came up and asked Jesus those questions, and Jesus would respond to him, and then he would allow the rich young ruler to make his decisions based on the information. And that Jesus would then confidently share his perspective. Jesus boldly proclaimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. Jesus boldly shared with it, unashamed. I want to ask you this morning, I want to ask you, what is your missional strategy with sharing God's love to the world? What is your missional strategy for the neighbors in your world? I'm not just talking about the people who live next door to you, but the person who works beside you. The person that, that you run into at the grocery store, the person who's, who's maybe in your family. What is your missional strategy? We're going to talk this morning about this word bless. And if we, if we break it down into this, this acronym, we're going to look at bless and what it means. Practical ways. Don't you love messages? I, I, this book so inspired me because it gives practical ideas on how you can have a missional strategy. I want to give to you a missional strategy for the lost people in your world. Are you ready for this? Okay, here we go. Five practical ways. Again, I want you to imagine your neighbor. Just kind of squint your eyes right now. Whoever your neighbor is right now, the person who comes to your mind. First thing that we're going to do is we're going to be, we're going to begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. We must always lead our mission. Do you realize each person in this room, if you raise your hand earlier and you said, I am a life-giving follower of Christ, you know what you also said? You also said, I am a missionary for Jesus. You just said, I'm on a mission. That's what you said, because that's, that's what a Christ follower is. I am somebody who's on a mission, and I want you to know you must always lead your mission first with prayer. I want you to know this morning. I would, how many of you, if I confess to you, or you saw a video reel of my morning, this morning before service, how many of you would be kind of disappointed and scratch your head? I'm like, I don't see that he prayed any time. I'm watching this video here, and I don't see that he prayed at all. How many of you would be a little disappointed? You would be confused. That doesn't make sense. A pastor going, and he's going to be preaching to me, and, and he didn't spend time with God and prayer? How's that work? I ask you the same question. How can you go into your mission field and not be led by prayer? Jesus did this himself. We know that Jesus started off his ministry in Matthew chapter four, that what did he do before he started his ministry? He went off and had a 40-day fast where he prayed and fasted for the mission ahead of him. Luke 2, 10, 2, it says this, Jesus is talking about the mission field to his disciples and the importance of prayer. He says, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. What is he talking about here? He's talking about people. He's talking about lost people. And he said, man, this world is full of lost people. And you know what we need? We really need people who have raised their hand and said, I'm a life-giving follower of Jesus. We need them to come and start blessing and loving on people in Jesus' name. And he says, so this is what I want you to do, disciples. I want you to pray. I want you to pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. I want you to pray that God would begin to intervene. 
And that's what we need to begin to do. We, that's one of the greatest things, the most loving thing that you can do is to start praying for your, love, for your neighbor that God would begin to intervene. Here's a, here's a prayer focus for you. Here's how, here's how what you do. First of all, make a list. Make a list that you see it. You make that list. And, and, and you start, you ask that list, who, God, who do you want me to bless? Did this yesterday as I preparing for this message. I used to have a list. I used to had a five by five, five by five, five people that I pray for five times a week. But God, who is it that you want me to start blessing? Walk through your neighborhood, walk through your workplace, and when God puts that name, just just write it down. Maybe maybe it's more than five, maybe it's seven. I came up with ten names yesterday, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> 10 people, I'm just gonna pray for them. And number two, I'm gonna pray for them every day. Every day I'm gonna pray that God would show up and intervene in their lives. And then I'm gonna pray that God would give me an opportunity to bless them. Give me an opportunity. Now be careful with that last one, folks. I I just wanna put a pre-warning out there. You start asking God for opportunities He's going to start presenting to you opportunities. And you know how you're going to know it's an opportunity? Because when you're there and that situation arises, you're going to hear God's voice. Here's your opportunity. Go. God's going to, he's going to tell you. Here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity. So this is why, that's what we're going to We're going to make our list. We're going to pray for them daily. And then we're going to pray for opportunities. So what do we do after we've prayed for them? Number two, we're going to Listen, L stands for listen. One of the most purest acts of love that we can give to other people is listen. You know what I have discovered? Especially in church world, sometimes we talk too much. Have you ever met somebody who talks too much? Are you sitting next to that person? No, 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 no. (laughs) Talk too much. Sometimes we talk too much and we listen too little. But we know those people. There's certain people that we love to talk to. They're just so wonderful to talk to because when we talk to them, we feel like they hear us. We feel like they're listening. One of the most purest acts of love that you can give to somebody is to listen. Jesus did the same thing in Luke chapter 18. He's talking to a blind man. And he asked him this question. He didn't want to assume. And so he asked him a question. What do you want me to do? And then he listened. James, Jesus' brother, gives us some great advice. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, church, if you did this one thing, you could so enhance your blessing on people. If you would just be quick to listen, Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Why is listening so important? Here's here's what I come up with. Listening is so important because, number one, it shows people that you really do value them and you care for them. They're not a project. They're a person. When you listen to somebody, you show them that you value them and you care for them. Number two, what it does is it builds trust Number three, if you listen to somebody long enough, you can tell what's going on inside of that person. You can get a spiritual assessment. Just listen, because the the word of God tells us out of the mouth, the heart speaks. 
And if you will just listen to people, people will begin to share their heart with you. We'll begin to understand the story behind a story. I, talk, I think I've shared this story years ago. I was, in, um, I was a youth pastor in this town, and uh, I, I just went into the middle school, and I said, if there's anything that I can do to serve you, please let me know. Well, what kind of things do you do? And like, well, I did this and do this. You know, Tell us about your degree. And the guidance counselor said, hey, why don't you just come in and talk to our students? And I had just built this reputation. I had built my influence. Let me say it that way. After a year, I built my influence so that the, 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 the guidance counselor would set up appointments and I would come in during a day and he would give me his toughest students. As a matter of fact, he began to give, he allowed me to teach a class to his toughest students in the entire school. I could not believe it. One of the students that he sent to me was this young lady by the name of Sue Luke. And Sue Luke could beat up any guy in this building, I assure you, any guy online. She was as tough as nails. And she was so angry. And he'd set me up to talk with Sue Luke. And I would just talk and I'd try to and I'd ask her questions, ask her questions, and just listen to her talk. <laughs> I just, I got tired of it. One day I knew I was going to meet with Sue and I'm like, okay, today's the, I'm going to ask the question. This is me just listening to her ramble of how angry the, the guidance counselor's a jerk, principal's stupid, and in other such language. One day I asked her, Sue, come on, what's wrong? Why are you so angry, why are you beating up every guy in the school building? Why are you throwing stuff at the teacher? Looked at me, face red, tears coming out. If you understood what my stepfather does to me most every day that I come home, you would be angry too. She didn't have to tell me much more after that. She went to the police, but her stepdad was friends with the police department. I heard by listening, not going up to Sue, Sue, if you were to die today, if you would go to, no, 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 just listening. Sue shared with me her story. She shared with me her heart. Sue, I would love for you to come to our youth group. One night, one Wednesday night, Sue showed up like this. Sue, a few weeks later, walked out that door with tears in her eyes like this. Before we left there, Sue was like this because she was one of the worship leaders on our worship team. And I say this not because of me, but because somebody stopped to listen to her. There was a medical missionary who held up his stethoscope to his intern. And he says, if you will just listen to your patients, they will tell you how to heal them. I want to encourage the church. I want to give you an exercise. The next conversation that you have, that you will be intentional about listening. Number three, this is one of my favorite ones here. We're gonna eat, we're gonna eat. 
We're going to eat with people. We're going to share a meal. We're going to share coffee with somebody. And you know what that does? Have you ever noticed that's when a relationship goes from, hey, a, hey, I just met you, to we're friends. When you sit down and have a cup of coffee or share a meal with somebody, you just now entered the friend zone. That's exactly what happens. People begin to share their hearts in the friend zone. We know that Jesus would often sit down and have a meal. Remember when he's talking to Zacchaeus, that wee little man up on the sycamore tree, and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. Why? Because I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house to stay, and you're going to feed me a meal. I love that song. Mark chapter 2, verse 15. I love this passage. Jesus had just witness to this man, Levi, and Levi just became a Christ follower. Now Levi is having, having a dinner party of people who are completely disengaged from God, and Jesus shows up, and the Pharisees don't like it. But Jesus, he says that Jesus and his disciples, later Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home at dinner as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Don't you love that? When I read that, that just gives me hope for the people who are on my list that I'm praying for. No matter how far it seems like they are far from God, God has them on his list. There's something about eating together that, again, that moves us in that closer, in that relationship. And I, I, I share with you before that, that I'm the chaplain for the fire department. I've been doing that. I was in, doing that for like 13 years in, the, in De Pere. And this was my missional strategy. This is it. This is how I was going to be a blessing to the fire department. I was going to go in on a regular basis and drink coffee with firefighters. Oh, by the way, I'm going to pray before I go in. I'm going to pray for opportunity. I'm going to go in and listen as I'm drinking coffee with firefighters. And I'm just going to listen. Gonna listen. And boy, it just seemed like after time, firefighters, as I'm just kind of walking around the room, they would they would say, Hey, hey, chaplain, hey, can can I talk to you for just a second? Yeah. Begin to pour their hearts out to me. Just listen. Just listen. And over time I begin to share God's love with them. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. It is a strategy. It is a strategy. There's a, a missional book by the name of, by Alan Hirsch called Right Here, Right Now. And he talks about this missional strategy. It says, sharing meals together on a regular basis is one of the most sacred practices that we can engage in as believers. Missional hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. We can literally eat our way into the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Leading people to Jesus through eating. Thank you, God. That's a brilliant idea. I think if we're going to bless the world with Jesus, we need to start sitting down, eating with people, blessing. It was so wonderful, Michelle's parents. I just love their missional strategy. Uh, Michelle had a hankering for cookies. We were just visiting with her parents uh, for spring break and, uh, and, and made all of these cookies. And it was her mom's idea, I believe, that, hey, we need to start blessing our neighbors and just going up to the door and just blessing, just blessing. There's something about that. I got a free jar of pickles that big out of it too. 
Something happens. You know that. Something happens. You sit down and you share a meal with somebody. So when you begin to pray for people, when you begin to listen to people, when you begin to share a meal with people, then you will know how to, number four, serve others. You'll know how to do it. Oh, I understand. Mark 10, 45, Jesus declared his mission. Jesus, how are you gonna do this? You're gonna come and save the world? How are you gonna do this? Jesus said, for even the son of man, talking about himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. One of the greatest ways that you can extend love to people, number one, listen to them, and number two, serve them. Just serve their needs. In fact, that's one of our core values here at our church, Thrive Church, if you're new here. One of our core values is we are gonna be servant-hearted. What does that mean to me to be servant-hearted? That means to enthusiastically and joyfully, let me say that one more time, enthusiastically and joyfully serve other people's needs, only adding value to people's lives. Always adding value to people's lives. Where did, I, where did I see this? Years ago, believe it or not, I used to run marathons. I would run the Green Bay Marathon, and I had a friend who was a race director. And, and so if you run a marathon, there's this thing called the wall. It's not an actual wall. It's mile 20. And at mile 20, you are just completely exhausted, and the realization is you have 6.2 more miles to go. And they would, they would reach out for volunteers in the community to come and work their water stations. So you're coming up on mile 19 or so, and you hear this noise in front of you. I mean, it's like a roar. And you get getting closer, and you see all this big crowd of people, and it's kind of on this trail. Like, man, there's like hundreds of people there. And as you come up there, there's music playing, and they had this big wall entertainment, and they had hundreds of people, and water, oranges, candy, whatever you want, just people like, yeah, yeah, giving you high fives and signs, like, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. Spring Lake Church canceled their Sunday morning services so that they can go out and serve the people in their community. Man, it was awesome. You know what they did? They met my needs and didn't even know it. They met my need because I really, I needed a drink. I needed something to drink. I was really, really thirsty. And they, need, they met my need of encouragement because mile 20, I'd hit the wall and I was so discouraged. And after running past their gauntlet of kindness, I was like, yes, yes. I don't know what place I'm in, but I'm gonna win this. <laughs> There's something about serving other people. And, and I can just imagine the thoughts of the other runners. Some of these people who are maybe far from God, maybe some of their thoughts, whatever these people have got, I want. If, if some of these people probably, they, I don't go to church. But if I was ever to set my foot in the doors of a church, I would go to that church. Because whatever they've got, that's what I'm looking for. I never did like Christians. Oh, they're just obnoxious people. But these Christians, they believe in what they preach. I can see it in their serve. 
The following year, our church got in on that. We're like, we're, we're manning a water station. We actually had canceled services so that our entire church can show up and bless people. And it just did something when we served. Here's some must-have, must-haves. If you're gonna serve, if you're gonna serve people quickly here, you, you, you gotta have the right attitude. You gotta put on a servant's heart. In other words, I'm going to go bless other people and not expect a blessing in return. Number two, I'm gonna look for a need opportunity. I'm gonna look for where I can add value to people's lives. And I just want you to know, if you are here today and you're looking for a need opportunity, Thrive Church is full of them. All you have to do is ask, what can I do? What can I do? Wait, wait, I encourage you to go through the growth track and you'll discover where your gift set is and where you can put that gift set. We need people. I have this crazy vision of having people who will park, help people park cars in the parking lot and give people high fives as they walk in and having enough greeters so that we can have greeters on the outside. I'm, I'm envisioning that gauntlet of kindness as people walk into the doors of church. I'm, I envision having so many workers in the children's ministry, we have to turn people down. We say, listen, we, you could, we, we have so many people, like how about if you just did once a month? We have so many people who are volunteering to help with the youth ministry that it's crazy. We have too many people showing up to help out at the pantry. That's the kind of problems that churches need to have. Look for the need opportunity. Number three, serve the need. It's just kind of like the Nike slogan, just do it. Number four, make it your goal to add value to people's lives. And here's, here's the deal. Here, I'm gonna simplify that. If you don't know what to do, then follow the golden rule. And the golden rule is this, do to others as you would like them to do to you. So, most important part, when you have prayed up, when you've prayed for people, when you have listened to them, you have eaten with them, you have served people, then you will have the opportunity to, number five, share your story. You will always, listen to me, you will always, you will always have, be more successful in sharing your faith after you have earned the right to speak. Is that fair? After you have earned the right to speak, people will listen to you. I have a friend by the name of Sean Ryan. Years ago, again, I was part of this running club and I would go running with these people and these were 20, 30 people and I'd start running with these people and I'm looking for opportunities because I've been praying for opportunities. You start running with somebody, you're running all these miles. I came upon this person named Sean. And once Sean found out I was a pastor, Sean seemed to speed up a lot. <laughs> Sean wanted nothing to do with talking to a pastor, all right? And it was very evident to me. And that's okay, that's where Sean is at, that's all right. Well, over time, I, be, I developed this friendship, but it was, you know, Sean was just living a very different life, but, but, life. but, but he, st he used to run race events. And so I started, I got a kick out of helping him out with his race events. And we would sit down and we would have meals together and we would share coffee together. And I would just listen to Sean. Sometimes I just need to like, oh, Sean, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Okay. 
After time, Sean began to share with me that he had some addiction problems. And I didn't judge Sean. I only loved and encouraged Sean right where he was. Over time, Sean began to ask me some faith questions. This guy who, who had nothing to do with me started to ask these faith questions. And then I'd give him answers, and he would, he's pretty bold. He, I totally disagree with you. I'm like, well, that's okay, Sean. That, that's, that's just what I believe. One day he, he came back and asked me, he, he asked if I could pray for him and pray with him to receive Jesus into his life, just as he was. One day, that happened. A few months later, and as like we're gonna do this Easter Sunday, we had a baptism service. One of the, my favorite days of being a pastor. Go ahead and put that slide up. Here's my friend, Sean. That's the face of Freedom. Here's that guy who wanted nothing. That guy's a pastor. I'm out of here. A few years later, freedom. The Bible tells us that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to all the world. A witness is to tell people what has happened to you. That's what a witness is. Hey, listen, listen, Sean. I hear your story, but let me tell you what has happened to me. Peter tells us this. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Can I just put a time out here in just a second? Do you ever wonder why he says, oh, and when you do it, you need to do it with gentleness and respect? There's a message to give and there's a way to give it. And when you give your message of life change, you need to do it with gentleness and respect. But what did I tell Sean? What did I tell Sean? I told him my story. I told him the gospel. And and how I did it is I interweaved my story into the gospel story. I told him, Sean, one day I discovered that God loved me. Sean, I'm just like you, man. I discovered that I had a sin problem. I couldn't fix it, man. I'm just like you. I was trying to fix it. I was looking here and looking there. Sean, I couldn't fix it, man. I know where you're at. And then someday, one day, Sean, God told me, or somebody told me about this Jesus guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but this Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And one day, Sean, I chose Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. We need to learn to turn our, to shape our story into the gospel. We need to interweave them because we need to be prepared. We don't need to go off and some, well, this verse or this verse and this verse and this verse. Yeah, those are, you need verses, but yet you need to just be able to tell them your story through the gospel message. I've talked a lot this morning talked about this blessed strategy we're going to what is our strategy we're going to begin with prayer we're going to listen we're going to share a meal or share coffee with somebody we're going to serve them and then when we've earned the right to speak we are going to share our story what would be what would happen listen to me 
What would happen if we started to focus in on this strategy every day? What would, I'm telling you, I'll tell you what would happen. God would begin to show up in ways that you never thought or even imagined. And that is the reason why we are doing these two upcoming events that we keep talking to you about. This extravaganza, an Easter event for our community. People who will look at the cross and have no idea what that means. Bring them in, into our church. People who would never step their foot into the doors of a building. And what are we gonna do? We're gonna bless them. We're gonna do more than bless them. We're gonna bless the socks off of them. We're gonna love them. We're gonna serve them. We're gonna eat with them. We're gonna earn the right to speak. And then one month later, we're gonna open up the doors of this church one more time to a whole crowd of people who, who thinks, listen to me, there's a whole crowd of people out in this community who think you hate their guts. That's the message that they're hearing. We're gonna say it's not true. Not at Thrive Church, because at Thrive Church, everybody is welcome, accepted, love. Come into our building. Let us serve you. Let us love you. Let us bless you. Let us have the opportunity to listen. And then maybe we'll have the opportunity to share the story. But they may not even need to hear the story. They'll hear the story through your blessed life, by you blessing them. I want to encourage you. We've been talking about this in the past few weeks, church. And now's the time to respond. Today's the day to respond. We need your help. We need you to start praying for these opportunities. We need you to start praying about what you can do. We need you to start praying about you resourcing these opportunities. We need you to start praying about ways that you can serve our community, people who think that you hate them. Pray for ways that you can serve them through these two events. I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to sign up as you leave here today or you, you can sign up online. I'm asking you, church, to step up to the plate. Let's bless our community in Jesus' name and see what he does in and through his church. Are you with me this morning? If you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I, I wanna do that. I wanna bless my community. I want you to raise your hand. These next two events, I'm going to do all that I can to bless my community. In Jesus' name, Lord, you see these hands that are raised. And Lord, I pray that you begin to speak to them about what you're calling them to do, how you're calling them to respond. Not only, not only through these two events, but in our world, our neighbors. Show us, God. I pray that opportunities would show up left and right, Father. And you would speak loud and clear. There's your opportunity right there. Oh, God, Lord, when that opportunity arises, you give us the heart, you give us the words to speak and the heart to speak it. In Jesus' name, keep your eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you're wondering about this Jesus guy and you don't understand all that it means, but you just, there's something tugging at your heart and you know you need him. God wants to live inside of you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He wants you to accept him and receive him. He wants you to make him Lord of his life. If that's you this morning, you want to make that decision, just like Sean, as I talked about this morning. Just pray with me this prayer. Say, God, I need you. 
I'm inviting you to come and live inside of me. I don't even understand all that that means. I just know I need God. Forgive me of my sins. I'm choosing today to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray.